0: Beautiful. A good nerve Shabbos. Tav Tzadi Hei. page ninety five in Meseches Yevamos Chavura. A good nerve Shabbos. We pick up on the bottom of Tzadi Dalit Rami Beis Aser Bishkiva Da Achayza. Okay, which is three lines from the bottom of Tzadi Dalit Rami Beis Aser Bishkiva Da Achayza. Let's remind ourselves of what we were dealing with in the mission. We had a, a really really cool case. Okay, the last couple daf. We're dealing with a woman who remarried off the mistaken information that her husband had passed away. The Mishnah that we learned on the bottom of Tzaddi Dalit Amadalev going to Tzaddi Dalit Amadbeis gave a different case and really just shifted to what happens if the wife went away and the husband gets the information about that the wife passed away, and then he marries her sister say so he marries her sister thinking that his wife had passed away which is going to be permitted biblically right it's only it's only biblically forbidden to marry two sisters in their lifetime but he thought his wife's gone and guess what happened his wife walks through the door uh, a week later turns out he married her sister in a forbidden fashion and not only that the mission added another idea the mission says what happens if you have the guy's wife goes overseas and his brother-in-law, his wife's sister's husband, also goes on a trip overseas. They go, they're, they're following a kvurah roll,, Yisrael, uh, yeah, something like that. And what happens? They, the word comes back that they passed away. So he goes and marries his sister-in-law, his wife's sister, because he thinks his wife passed away and his sister-in-law is single. Because the word got back that his sister-in-law's husband had passed away. And then they both come walking through the door, it turns out that they weren't on the flight that people told them had, had crashed, okay? So he's gonna have one halacha and she's gonna have a different halacha. And the bottom line is, this is where we're, we're basing ourselves off of, the halacha of the Mishnah was that if somebody marries his sister-in-law by mistake and it turns out that his wife is still alive, he's allowed to get back together with his wife. Even though he's had relations with her sister, he's allowed to get back together with his wife. However, his sister-in-law, who he thought he was married to, is not allowed to get back together with her husband because she had relations with somebody outside the marriage. So his marriage could keep going forward, but his sister-in-law's marriage cannot. Okay, so what we're going to keep going on is say, is it really true that he's allowed to get back together with his wife once he's had relations with his sister-in-law. Here we go. She should become asr to her husband because he had relations with her sister. The same as the woman whose husband went overseas. We know when a woman's husband goes overseas. so And then he comes back. So we can We say you're not allowed to get back together with your husband. It's considered like... You did it uh, you did it willingly, says the Gemara. Why don't we put a kanas on him also? And we say that listen, you know, he you should have done better research. You can't, you you know, and, and now you had relations with your sister-in-law, you can't get back together with your wife. It's gonna be a woman and her sister, says the Gemara dummy. No, the two cases are totally different. Why? Ishtai by um, by his wife, Dibin Maisit Asira Midaraisa where she transgressed in Isser de Bishaige ge'gazh barabonon. So the rabbanah gonna make a gzera on her that even if it was unintentionally, still she can't stay with her husband. Meaning like this, if you have a woman who purposely who purposely has relations as an extramarital affair, so biblically, she's not gonna be allowed to be together with her husband anymore. So the Rabbana make a gzera... Since biblically is going to be a problem, Memela the Rabbanan are going to make a gzera as well. However, Achay Isha, we now turn to the top of today's daf. However, Achais Isha, when you have the husband has relations with his the sister of his wife, If let's say you have a, a a man married to a woman and he has an affair with her sister, biblically, he's not. Uh, his wife does not become forbidden to him, as as a um, as a wife's sister. No, his wife, he's high he, of misa, right? Very nice. But the misa, his wife's not ushered him. Uh, so b'shaygeg, like God's and therefore the rabbanon did not extend the decree to say that she's going to be forbidden to him b'shaygeg. Okay. In other words, the rabban usually take everything one step further. If Bamezith is going to be a problem, they'll say B'Shayge will be a problem. But if uh, you have a case where if it was done intentionally, they're not even going to be forbidden. The Rabbanon are not going to make the Gezerah on him. Okay. Says the Gemara, how do you know that's true? Hey, no, it's true. We just made an assumption. We said, if you have a married couple and the husband goes and has relations with her sister... The wife's allowed to stay in the marriage. They don't become forbidden, even though he's had relations with her sister. How do you know that's true? When somebody has relations with a woman, when he, has, when he lies with her, when he has relations with her, she becomes forbidden. But in you know, as if she has an extramarital affair, she becomes forbidden to the marriage. However, if he has relations with her sister, that does not answer her, does not forbid her. Now, why? Sheachol, I might think without the Pasuk, Bahalay Dinu, we could use logic and say Uma Makam Shabbala Sirkal place where you have a woman that, that transgresses an Isr Kal, a lighter Isr. Now, interestingly, lighter over here me, is not really so light. We're dealing with the situation of an Esh ish, okay? But Nesar HaEyser, the one who was involved in the transgression, becomes Asr. Makaim Shaba Al-Isr Chamer in a place where a person has relations with the Iser Chamer, meaning that this is more than just an Esher ish, but this is my wife's sister, E'nai Din, Shnessar Iser, how much more so should the one who caused the Iser, meaning the wife, should she become Aser? So this would seem to would seem to tell us that she's muttered to stay with him, okay? So, I'm sorry, this Kav HaKeymer would seem to tell us that she would not be allowed to stay with him, hence we need a Pasuk to tell me that she, that the wife is mutter to stay with him when he has relations with her sister. Okay, Amar of Yehuda. Rebuda says, let me tell you something. There's no machlekas in the following case. A guy has relations with his mother-in-law. He's married. He has relations with his mother-in-law. If he has relations with his mother-in-law, then his wife is not going to be able to stay with him. So interestingly, by the by, the wife's sister. If he has relations with the wife's sister, they could stay together. If he has relations with the wife's mother, they're not allowed to stay together. They're obligated in divorce. Now, So where's their Paisal, You're not allowed to stay together. You are allowed to stay together. Why? Because the Pesach we just said. Because the Pesach we just quoted. Omar So, this, in other words, the, that drush was following the opinion of Hill, not the opinion of Beishame. Now, Omar Abyayisi says, He says, No. Don't tell me everybody agrees by the mother in law you need a divorce, but by the sister there's a machlaikas. Rather, by the sister, everybody agrees that there's no need for a divorce. There's no conversation over there. Everybody will agree. You could stay, you, you, the, the couple could stay married. So, where's their Specifically, by the mother in law, there's a Shabeshami says that that's going to cause a psal. And then says paisel. Okay. Now, the Gemara is going to get into the nitty gritty of this case. What's the difference between um, a sister in law and a mother in law? So, here we go. Lafi, because. Shebet Khila, the Gemara now is going to take a step back. Take a step back and focus on every single man and woman. What was your initial rights? So, Shebet Khila initially, before anybody here got married, everybody's single. So, who mutter B'chol Anashim Shab'Ailam? He's a single guy. A single man can marry anybody he wants in the entire world. Now, obviously not his own flesh and blood. He can't marry your mother and your own sisters. But anybody else outside his family is permitted. And her as well. She's permitted to any fellow in the world. There's no issue. Now what happens? Kidsha, they now get married. What's taking place? So this is interesting. Both of them are now getting new transgressions. New women for the man and new men for the woman who they're forbidden to. How so? Because, let's just talk outside for a moment. A married woman is forbidden to every man. A married man, biblically, okay, obviously before polygamy was forbade by the rabbis, um, but uh, as soon as he married her, he remained allowed to marry other women, but not her relatives anymore. He now becomes forbidden to relatives. So she has a broader, there's more people that are becoming forbidden to her. There are people becoming forbidden to him, but to a lesser extent. Let's read this inside. She's now becoming forbidden to people, and he's becoming forbidden to people. She's got more people that she's forbidden to than he does. Because he, um, by them being married, she becomes forbidden to anybody, any other male in the world. The he layasartoh and she didn't create a transgression on him, meaning he's not forbidden. Ella bekrevezeha, he's only forbidden bekrevezeha to her relatives. Okay, so that's just a fact. That's the reality. When you take a step back and you you look at how things progress, how things move along. Originally, they were both permitted to everybody, and now once they get married, he's forbidden to her family, and she's forbidden to everybody. Now let's see. Let's let's go through this. Let's now use logic. Umahu, just like when you lo- focus on him, what did he create with his transgression? You know, what transgression did he create? <laughs> he caused her to become forbidden to every other man in the world. <laughs> if she, by mistake, has transgressions with somebody who's usher to her, okay, <laughs> however it panned out. Yeah, she, got, she thought her husband was dead. Whatever it is. It doesn't asser her to her husband. It doesn't forbid her to the man who she's actually permitted to. He, what she caused, where the most the woman, the most of the trans, the, the most the woman caused in, in his prohibition is that he cannot, he can no longer marry her relatives. If he makes a mistake and he marries his sister-in-law by mistake, his wife's sister, thinking that his wife had passed away. And somebody told him his wife uh, died on a cruise. And then he marries her sister. He wanted help raising the kids. And two weeks later, she comes walking through the door. Honey, I'm home. Okay? So how much more so should we say that he's permitted to get back with her? And this logic applies to a situation where by mistake they, you know, uh, by mistake the, the wife and the sister-in-law got together. Minayan, how do you know that if they did it, if they transgressed intentionally? Let's say they just decided they're gonna they're gonna get together. Knowing that she's still alive, how do you know that she's still allowed to stay in the marriage alpha? Talmud Aysarta, the Only when she has the forbidden relations does that cause the prohibition in the marriage. But when the when um it's her sister that's involved, that's not going to cause the prohibition in the marriage. Okay, beautiful. So again, let's go, let's just take a pause over here and uh and get an overview. We started out today, and we said that if a man marries his sister-in-law, thinking that she was allowed. And then his wife comes back. You're allowed to stay together. We wanted to know, what's your source? I, you know, we should say that they all become forbidden. The Gemara here is answering with a very clear logic, and we're sticking to our guns. This is the halacha. Again, if a man has relations with a sister-in-law, by mistake... They could he could get back together with his wife, perhaps even if it was done on purpose. Okay. Period. Now, what we really didn't delve into is what happens if somebody has relations with the mother-in-law. We just went through the the, the logic and the psukim of the sister-in-law. Now, what about the mother-in-law? So we had a machlaik as whether there's a uh, macho- we had a whether there's machoikas about the mother-in-law or whether everybody will agree that certainly you cannot get back together with your wife and let's go through why the mother-in-law and sister-in-law are actually different conversations and perhaps have different halacha so here we go Omar Ravami, Omar Reish Lakish Ravami says in the name of Reish Lakish my time at Rabbi Yehuda was reason for rev Yehuda that if one has relations with his mother-in-law his wife becomes forbidden to him T'chsev it says in the Torah, A the person transgresses with his mother-in-law, so he's of Misa, and they are of Misa. Interesting, they are, are they? He's of Misa, who's that? His wife's of Misa, yeah? Says the Gemara, I don't understand, His whole house now needs to be burnt, what does that mean? Yeah, we understand, the two of them who sinned willingly, okay, so there's a penalty, fine. What about his wife? What'd she do? He was unfaithful to her. So, what type of involvement did she have that we're holding her accountable? So, you're going to tell me, obviously, it's not. She's obviously not So, if it must be that the, when the Torah writes, it's just letting us know that he's becoming forbidden to both of them. Meaning that if a man has relations with his mother in law, his wife becomes forbidden to him even though um, uh, uh, forbidden them, even though by the sister-in-law, she wouldn't become forbidden, but by the mother-in-law, she would become forbidden. Rabbi Yehuda. That's right. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel says, Ein Rabbi Yehuda, the halacha does not follow Rabbi Yehuda, meaning you can go back to your wife. Says the Gemara, Hahuda sura b'chamase. there was somebody who had relations with his mother-in-law. Asya Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda, uh, they, they brought him to Rebuhuda Yehuda, and Nagde, they gave him Malkus, they gave him Malkus, okay? Um, and uh, usually you're Chay of Misa, but apparently there wasn't enough testimony, but they knew he did it, they knew he did it, so he gave Malkus. Omar lay, and he said to him, If not for Shmuel, Paskening, the Allah is not like Yehuda, I would have forbidden you to stay with your wife. But since Shmuel says we don't him like that, the halakha actually is, you are permitted to go back to your wife. Okay, fine. So interestingly, interestingly, it seems from this story that whether you have relations with your sister-in-law or whether you have relations with your mother-in-law, you can, if the wife is agreeable to this, you, the marriage is Halachically permitted to continue It's only when the wife um, Goes out And has the um, And has the uh, act of relations That forbids her to her husband But not when the husband Has has uh, the act of relations Because of this Pasuk Okay Very good Says the Gemara We're going back now to an expression That we said at the beginning of the Daf Which was that we made a Kalba about an Iser a lighter transgression, which was referring to an HSS. It says the Gemara, my Iser Kal, what, what, what is a, a lighter Iser that we're using for the Kalba Amar of Chista, gerusha, If you take back his gerusha once she married another guy. Okay? So she actually wasn't an HSS. What happened was, you have a guy married, married to somebody, they get divorced. She marries somebody else, gets divorced from him, and now he remarries her. So that's a it, that's a biblical prohibition of machzir grusha. So, eh? but lemaisa, I'm sorry, I said she was a married woman. Did you see? From she's not a married woman. Okay, and uh, there's there's no kares. It's a it's a love. Okay, so this would be considered a lenient relations as far as uh, you know, as far as connecting it to your sister-in-law. Says the Gemara, one second. One second. Ba When When they had, uh, when, when he got back together with Machsir Grushasai. Huh? That's mommy. Asra He caused her to become Usher to her first husband. Meaning, as soon as she married the second guy. She was a divorced woman. She marries a second guy. As soon as she married him, she's forbidden to go back to husband number one. And now when she, in a forbidden way, gets back together with husband number one, guess what happened? She now became forbidden to husband number two. Meaning, interestingly, she's becoming a Gru grushasai to both of them. You understand why? Again, follow the case. A couple gets divorced. So she marries... No, husband number two. Now she gets divorced With husband number two and has relations with husband number one, so she's forbidden to husband number one because she was married to husband number two, and she's now forbid, forbidden to husband number two because she's divorced from him and she got back with husband number one. So now husband number two can never take her back because she hooked up with somebody else after they were married. Okay. Well, Doesn't have to be husband number one. Correct. Yeah, it didn't need to be that, but this, but that was the case. Okay. Meaning the, the iser, the prohibition that husband number one uh, caused really brought about an additional prohibition. Okay? Fine. So that's the case of kal. That's the lighter iser. Says the Gemara, one second. You're comparing that lighter iser to the case of your sister-in-law, having a relationship with a sister-in-law, which is more chamer? One second. Don't connect the two. Don't say one's more lean than the other. When you take back your divorcee once she married somebody else There's a problem with the body itself. The body itself had relations with somebody else once you divorced her. The Isura And that Iser can, uh, has an impact on a lot of people the Isura is ser'aylam, and the prohibition is forever, meaning as soon as you get divorced and she marries somebody else, guess what happens? She's forbidden to husband number one, and she's forbidden to everybody else because she's now a married woman, and that prohibition to husband number one is everlasting. But let's look at the sister-in-law, alright? Let's look at this. So those are all things that apply to a machzor but let's look at the sister-in-law. The sister-in-law. Let's just think about this outside. Are you always forbidden to your sister-in-law? No. Biblically, once a, it's only during the lifetime of one's wife. Now, this applies to even if they're divorced, right? If a man divorces a woman and she has a sister, you're ushered to her until the well, woman number one uh, passes away. Also, she's not ushered to a lot of people. She could be a, a single woman. So it says the Gemara, why are you saying that a maxir grushosai is more of a kal, more lenient of a case, then the case of the sister, there's a lot of Chumras that a sister, the case of a sister is going to have over the case of the Machsir Grushasai. Says the Gemara, you're right, Ella Amari, shlakish Yavama. The lenient case is not a case of Machsir Grushasai, that wouldn't be lenient. The lenient case is the case of a Yavama, meaning Yavama Laman. What, what type of Yavama? What's the story over here? So here we go. A person had relations with a Yavama. If you're going to say a person had um, had uh, relations with a yavama, somebody else, right? you have a shemeras yavam, a woman's waiting for yibum. She has relations with somebody else. She becomes forbidden to her her yavam. Mali yavama, I'll say one second. That's not such a lenient case compared to the sister because she came Nitmahagov V. Also. When she was a Yavama, she was also to everybody else. So that can't be the case either. I'm I'm sorry, says the Gemara, Yeah, so the case of Linyan has to be where she's a Yavama and she didn't have relations with an outside guy. She had relations with one of the Yavamin, with one of the Yavam people, says the Gemara. Well, when one brother did mimer, Asr Dahai, he caused the other brothers to be forbidden. Bala, Idach, and when the other brother now has relations with her, once the other, one brother did mimer, then another one had relations with her, Asr Dahai, he caused her to become Asr to the first one. So you understand the case? This is Gishmak. Here's what happens Ruven passes away. He's got two brothers. Passed away childless. He's got two brothers, Shimon and Levi. Shimon does mimer. So now he's the only one that is going to work on. After Shimon does Mimer, Levi has relations with the wife, with the with the Yavama. Okay? So by Levi having relations after the Mimer, he's causing her to become forbidden on Shimon. Which until, Shimon had done Mimer. But now he can't follow through on that Mimer. And that's the case where you have more of a Kal- uh, Dika transgression, and that's the Ka'va that we're making from a Shemeras Yavam as relations with one of the brothers, and we're going to use that as a Ka'va to the case of the sister. Says the Gemara, no. Why does the mission need to talk about where Levi had relations with her? Even if if he uh, only did mimer, she's going to become Aser to the first brother, right? And the bryces. Dealing specifically with the case of relations. So it must be, we're not talking about where the Yavama had relations with one of the brothers. It's got to be talking about an outside guy. And hence, here's the bottom line we're still looking for the case that's Kal. No, Rabbi holds <laughs> that if Shimon does mimer, then Levi does mimer. Levi's mimer does nothing to impact Shimon. But even if the second brother even gives the Shaber's Yavam a get, and even if he does Khalitza, he could asser her up. Yet again, what was the case of the Brisa when they had relations, which seems we're not dealing with the brothers any of Yavama? Alam you're right. Let's back off. Let's back off. You know what the case of the Ka'avu is? Saita. We're going to make a Ka'avu from the law of Saita to the law of... Having relations with your wife's sister. How is that going to work? Says Gamora, what's that case? Saita Laman. By the case of Saita, where was the Avera that took place that it's, we're going to call it Kal. We're going to call it a lenient case, like not so severe. Elayma the if the Saita had relations with her husband, what you're not allowed to do, once a woman enters the category of a Saita, they're not allowed to be together until she drinks the water. But the mice, they're married, right? So if we're going to call that the light transgression, ha'bal, um, when the husband has relations with her, the He causes her to become Asr to the bayo, the one who, we're assuming, had relations with her. Now, Ma'ir ya'ba'aleh, that's not true. That's not true. The husband at that time, is causing a prohibition for her to the bail? No, it's mashke. Even if he gives her a get, even if he says, I don't want her to drink the waters of the saita, anyway, she's forbidden to the bail. That's the halacha of saita. See, see, here's the deal. In general, whenever we know for sure a woman had relations with a man, she's for, a married woman had relations, she's forbidden to him. Asr the baal and asr the bail. Over here is just a suffake. It's in doubt. Interestingly, by the suffake, we say, when there, even though it's just a doubt, she's forbidden to the bail all along. This guy who had adultery with her, who had an affair with her, she's forbidden to him all along until things are clarified. Even without the husband in a forbidden way having relations with her. But the Bryce is still talking about a case of relations. So obviously, we're not dealing with a plain case of Saita who had relations with the husband. So what's the case of Saita then? That's going to be the lenient case, Ela Saita Labayel. We're going to say the lenient case is where the Saita had more relations with the husband. By her having more relations with the husband, she's becoming, us, uh, I'm sorry, with the with the adulterer, the Labayel, she's becoming more usher through her husband. And therefore, we're going to use that as a Kaaba and say that the same way she's usher to um the, the the same way she's usher to the the uh, bayol and the husband, we can learn out as well the halacha of one who has relations with his wife's sister. She's usher there, she, but to the bayol she should be usher to the wife's sister. Says the gemara, no. Hi kalhu. When it comes to Saita and the adulterer, the one she's having an affair with, that's a lenient case. The ish. This is why when we originally read it, we said it's going to be an eshes ish, right? I was jumping the gun a little bit. Says the Gemara, but that's really a case of Esha Sish, and why, which is obviously a chi of Misa, so why would we call that kal, why would we call that light, a light transgression, compared to the case of a wife's sister? Top of Ahmed Beis. Says the Gemara to, um, says the Gemara to answer, I'll explain to you. Here we go. Tzadi he Ahmed Beis. Ela Amar Rather, Rava says, I'll tell you, talk of the case. Esha Sish. The case of Kal, the case of the, the lenient case over here, is discussing one who has relations with a married woman. The Rabihan. And now we are gonna to have to question why it's called lenient if she's a married woman, but we'll see in a moment. The Ravanam and suddenly when Ravan came, he said in the name of Rabbichenon, Ash Ish we're dealing with an ish, ish. That's the case of the Kal. That's the lenient case. One who has a relation with the ish, ish. That's the source of the But one second, that's not a lenient. That's pretty severe. That's an intense sin. Why are we calling it an Israkal? Why are we calling it a more of a lenient, the lighter type of avera If She's married. ha Because when you're married to her, she becomes forbidden to every other man, but forever? Not necessarily. What happens if he dies? What happens if they get divorced? Okay? Now, you know what's gonna happen if he dies or they get divorced? She will become permitted again to every man in the world. So the prohibition of Asa Ish is not a life time, set in stone reality. However, the prohibition of having relations with one's sister-in-law applies as long as she's alive, as long as the wife's alive. So again, a married woman, she's alive, she can still live in a way where there's no prohibition to other people. But a married woman, if she's alive, there's no way he can ever marry her sister. That prohibition of marrying her sister is more everlasting than a regular married woman's prohibition. Again, because until she's dead, it's going to be forbidden. By a regular married woman, she she's, she could be permitted even before death. And therefore, in that way, in that uh, aspect, we'll call it, we're going to call a regular Aius-ish more lenient then the Isrhumur, which is the which is the um, wife's sister. Any questions about that Svar? Do you have any questions about that? I want to make sure that was articulated well. Okay. of um, where, where the case of Iserkal, the lenient prohibition, is a case of a married woman, Umab makamabal and just like in a place where we're talking about a lenient, meaning a regular regular married woman, Isra kal yamav, where it's not throughout her lifetime, and it's not his lifetime, ha still the one who caused the Isir. He himself becomes Usir to her, Haba al Isir so when a person has relations with His wife's sister, Shah Isra, Isra call Yamav, where the transgression, the prohibition, happens the entire lifetime. The same logic that we just explained. Meaning, without the Pasuk, I would have this logic of the Kabbalah and say that actually you are forbidden to your wife now. Comes on the Pasuk of Isa to teach me that only when she's having these, these, uh, um, uh, when she's living with other people then they're going to be prohibited to stay in the marriage but if her sister has relations with her husband granted it's not necessarily a marriage she wants to stay in um, you know depending on the circumstances however it's one that biblically would be permitted to remain in Givaldic period two dots we're at the now, and now we get into the next part of the Mishnah here we go Let's see if we can get all the way to the Mishnah on uh, Tzadi Vav Amaralif. We'll see how much ground we can cover over here. Here we go. Rabbi Yaisi Aymer. Rabbi Yaisi says, kol Shapaisel Now, however, remember, this is going back to the end of the Mishnah on, on uh, Tzadi Dalid, which we said was very, very, which was uh, very cryptic. On Tzadi Dalid Amur Beis, if you just look back at the last line of the Mishnah, towards the top of the Amud, okay, Rabbi, uh, we had we had these cases of where we had all these mistaken remarriages, we'll call them, and then at the end, Rabbi Yossi says, anybody who puzzles other people is gonna pass is gonna is gonna make themselves puzzle, and if you don't make other people puzzle with, we'll see, you also don't puzzle yourself yourself up. It's not gonna it's gonna not gonna mess you up. Okay, so. We said that was a very cryptic statement, and we now uh, need to clarify what that means. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Yis'i says if you're going to be disqualif- if you're going to be disqualifying others and postling up others, it's going to mess up your own marriage as well. My Kasava Rabbi Yisi, what is Rabbi Yisi trying to tell us? What does he mean with this phrase? If you're going to say that he was saying to the Tanakama, the Azul Dina What was the case? Ready? Let's remind ourselves. You have a fellow; his wife goes overseas with his brother-in-law, with his wife's sister's husband. Remember, we made up a case. Let's say the Alta Baba's Kavura, the Alta Baba's uh, burial is happening in Eretz and only certain family members were traveling. So this guy's wife went. And his wife's sister couldn't go. So his, his wife's sister's husband went. And they both go to Eretz And the word comes back that there was a plane crash. Okay. And they're both dead. So he goes and marries his wife's sister. Now, thinking his wife had passed away, And his wife's sister thinks that she's permitted to marry him because she thought her husband was dead too. Okay? Before Facebook and Twitter. Going back. Before news traveled fast. Three weeks later, both their spouses walked back through the door. Turns out nobody died. So now we got a problem here. Yeah, we got a problem here. Not only within each of their... uh, Shalom uh, Bayez, getting along with their spouses, but but uh, according to law, we got to, you know, the, the, we now have severe transgressions that just took place, although it was unintentional. But here we go. So his wife and his brother-in-law goes overseas. So what happens? When they come back, his wife's sister is forbidden to her husband because it's considered to be a married woman who had an out-of-marriage affair willingly, you're not allowed to get back together with your husband. Like is the halacha, right? A woman goes and is unfaithful, uh, willingly, she's not violated, she's not seduced, she's willingly goes and is living, they're not allowed to stay together anymore. Okay. The ishtai, but his own wife, who never had relations, she we, she was the one who was presumed dead, Sharia, she's permitted to get back into a marriage the Ka'amar and what Rabbi Yaisi is saying to the Tanakhama is Ki the same way his wife is mutter to him we should say that the sister also should be allowed to get back you hear this? incredible if you could says Rabbi Yaisi, no this is how we're saying Rabbi right now if one couple could get back together then the other couple got back together if so, call shein paisal a atzmai. Okay, Rabbi If that was the case, Rabbi Yossi should have said, anybody who does not passel others should not passel. Uh, who does not passel themselves should not passel others. Meaning, if their marriage, if the, if the husband's marriage is intact, then his sister in law's marriage should remain intact. Call shein paisal and anybody who does not mess up their own marriage uh a paisa inna paisa de akhirim boy like that that's how he should have said it and he didn't rather if you look back at the expression of Rabi'i what did he say again on Saadi Dalal Omar Bays said Rabi'i call sha um call sha paisa la de akhirim um paisa la de atma he didn't say call sha paisel." he said call paisel." he was taking the he was taking the um the active term as opposed to the negative term, the, the lack of action. The elo rather, says the Gemara, Maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying, and he's arguing, and he says, you know what? Everybody's forbidden. Meaning, if you're not going to allow the sister-in-law to get back together with her husband, you should not allow the first couple, this guy, to get back together with his wife either. Maybe that's what Rabbi Yossi means. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? nach this makes sense if he would have used an expression again we're trying to fit this law and see whether this is what he meant we want to fit it into the constitution so to speak right how is it written over here is it written in the negative or in the positive positive? and it makes a difference whether it's written explicitly or whether we need to infer something so again let's look back at his words and he said anyone who disqualifies others they themselves should be disqualified and if they do not disqualify others, they themselves should not be disqualified. Says the Gemara, well, this makes sense with the words of anybody who does disqualify them. Uh, others should they themselves have a problem. But But this that he added in, and if you don't disqualify, that wasn't part of his statement. According to our understanding, that's just a a statement that doesn't that doesn't even need to be there. Answers the Gemara Amravami Aresha Nises, uh, uh, rather Aresha. Rabbi yes. is going back to the beginning of the mission. Nises Alpi Besdin. If she remarried according to an Aidechod, because Bezdin allowed her to remarry, Tetei she's got to leave both husbands when her first husband shows up. Upturah mina Karbon and she's putter from Karban, but Alpi Adim but If let's say she remarried according to two witnesses, and then her husband comes back we said she can go married to her she can go back and be married to her first husband however she's still obligated to bring a carbon however, over here the bezin is going to make it you don't even need to bring a carbon incredible, yeah in other words, of course you're not, you'd be able to go back to your first husband because it was all a mistake, but still it was a gig. it was unintentional, you should have a karma khatas. and the bezdin's letting me know, you don't, you, again, and we learned this previously, Bezdin can tell a person to be passive in their biblical obligations, and the Bezdin's gonna come along and tell us that you're putter from karma. Okay, so that was the, the Reisha, the Ka'amar Tanakama, Leishnao they and the Tanakama held, there's no difference if you have two witnesses, the Eshaz Gisai Sharia the there's not going to be any difference fine, so that's the Mishnah now, how are we going to bring this all full, full circle back into Rabbi Yaisi's statement let's finally understand how to uh, clarify Rabbi Yaisi so here we go and Rabbi Yossi with his statement is now saying listen here if you have a married woman we think her husband died because a single witness told us so to paisal achirim. In such a case, um, he is going to be um, prohibited. To uh, the 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 wife's sister is going to be prohibited to her husband. Paisal So he's also not allowed to stay with his wife. However, listen to this. What happens if it's two witnesses? I'll PA them. Two witnesses came and told them about the deaths of both of their spouses. He's not becoming puzzle for others. You know why? Because the wife's sister is is now allowed to stay married. He also is not disqualifying himself. Incredible. Mamish, mamish, incredible. This is what we're coming out with. When you have two Adem, two witnesses come, Rabbi Yaisi will say that you can stay with your first wife. But here's the problem. Let's say him and his sister-in-law came. Let's say him and his sister-in-law got married because of an Eid Echad. There was only one witness telling them so. So Rabbi Yaisi is going to say like this. If the sister cannot go back to her husband, he can't stay uh, with his wife either. So he's arguing on the eid echad side of things. He's not arguing on the two adam side of things. Okay, so that's one way. That's a period over there, and there's one way. That's one way to make sense of Rabbi Yiscah's statement. Rabbi Yiscah says da'ilam ha Really, Rabbi Yaisi's statement is going on the sefer, and we maybe really even dealing with one witness. Let's see. Had skip the. Parentheses One case is where he was, His wife Was only, they only He only had an acquisition He put a ring on her finger They never really moved in together And his wife and his brother-in-law traveled And the other case is where it was a full wife They already had Nesu And they already lived together as husband and wife And that's where they traveled Now why should there be a difference? Let's go through this the Tanakama tana is saying the following about that scenario. It doesn't make a difference whether his wife was an asua, They already had relations. It doesn't make a difference whether she was just an Arusa. Either way, if he marries his sister-in-law, his sister-in-law is forbidden to go back to her husband. And his wife is permitted to go back because she's not the one who had the forbidden uh, relations and again right the, the when all, all, as far as the man's side is concerned even though he transgressed he's not obligated to walk away from the marriage because Rabbi and responded to that and he says like this when his wife and his wife's sister's husband and his brother-in-law go overseas, You're not going to say that he made some sort of condition of the nesuin. Meaning that the wife's going to say, you know, I'm only accepting marriage um, on condition that, you know, marrying my sister is not going to work. You know, there, he's not postling other people up. So over there, he's not going to have a problem either in the relationship. But let's say it was just an arusa. And his brother-in-law, you could say there is a Tanai in the Kedushin, right? Now, once there's an and it seems you can't make the conditions with Nisuan. The there's nothing to talk about when you know about moving in. But with the acquisition, you could make conditions, okay? And maybe it never would have been valid in the first place. Therefore, in the case where he's going to cause sold, going to cause issues for somebody else, it's going to puzzle him up as well. So that's the second way to understand Rabbi Yaisi. Let's get into what the halacha is. He says, the halachas like Rabbi Yaisi. Now, depending on whether you hold like Rabbi Yitzchak or Ravami, Ami, how you understand Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is going to depend on what the halacha is. So let's get into this because we just said two different uh, potential halachas of Rabbi Yaisi and now we're saying halacha is like him. So we've got to clarify What's the halacha? Maskivla, of Yosef. Reb Yosef asked a challenging question, and he says, "Umir, Marshmul, halacha. Could Rabbi Shmuel have said the halacha is like Reb Yosef Idmar?" Uh, but we learned Yavama. When it comes to a Yavama, Rav Amar Rei a regular Yavama is considered back into Yavamas now. She's considered like a regular married woman. A Shmuel Amar ena keishas no, a Yavama is not considered like a married woman. Amar again, there, we know there's a bond there. We know there's some sort of, of of pull that's happening between the Yavam and the Yavama, but do we consider it like a full fledged marriage? So you know so far, Rav says yes, Shmuel says no. and Shmuel says The the dispute, the machis over here, is when one of the brothers does kidushin with with uh, the with the um with the Yavama. The and he goes overseas, and then they hear that the brother died. So he got up and he married his brother's wife. Okay? So she was in Arusa, and now he's going to do Yibam on the Arusa, thinking that she's no longer in an Arusa, and it turns out that that was a mistake. She was. To Rav, Rav says, ish. So the halacha of what you do now is the same halacha that you do anytime you have a married woman in this circumstance, and therefore she becomes forbidden to the yavam, meaning the man who did the original erisim. Shmuel says, no, she's not treated like an and she's permitted to go back to her husband. So this is actually a question, because you see from over here that Shmuel holds we're not concerned that maybe there was a a tenai on the Kedushin. We're not nervous about a stipulation. So why did, before, Umar Bidah says, no, 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 Halachas like Yerbeisi, we're concerned about a tenai. Now, oh, again, realize, it's only a question if you follow the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchik Nafcha, that we're getting into conditions, but let's see. Only abai says, how do you know that what he says, like is going in the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchik Nafcha's understanding, which, uh, which, yes, would be a question because, you know, then we're going to have a discrepancy whether we assume that a Kedushan was done al-Tanai, but I know he's following the second opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. Doma ad-Rev or maybe he's following Rabbi Ami's explanation of Rabbi Yaisi, who never spoke about a Tanai in Kedushan, and therefore, there's no in In there's no question on Shmu. The inami ad-Rev yitzchak and even if you're going to say that we're following Rabbi Yitzchak-Nafcha's approach in Rabbi Yaisi, mimai apaisa. How do we know that that uh, we're we're uh, going on the words of Rabbi Yaisi, where he says, "If you passel, uh, if it's passeling yourself, you could postle others." Had hey, you knows going on that statement top of uh, top of tomorrow's daf. the Doma I Maybe he's only agreeing with Rabbi Yaisi in the second part of the statement, in that if you don't passel up for others, you are not going to passel yourself either, and that's where we say is like Shmuel, and that's not going to be a machl- and that's not going to be a, any sort of discrepancy. Okay, so Rabbi Yaisi, if your question. So far we have two possible answers. Possible answer number one is, maybe he's following Ravami's approach. Possible answer number two is, even if you're following Rabbi Sagnapka's approach, maybe he doesn't agree with Rabbi Sagnapka completely. Okay. We're only going on the second part of Rabbi Sognafka's statement. And here's another possible answer. Inami, or I can tell you why there's no question on Shmuel, and it's not a contradiction, is because of the following reason. Mimai di'isil Ravuna. How do we know that Ravuna... Is right in bringing out the machlekes, Rav and Shmuel. Toma lased Ravunah klal. Maybe Ravunah is making a mistake. Udrav Hamunah again. Really, Rav and Shmuel are not arguing in the alacha of Ravunah to the alacha of Rav Hamunah. The Yomar Rav Hamunah. Shemeras If you have a woman who's waiting for Yibum and she's mezane asurly of she becomes forbidden to her Yavam. The Marav says she's an In that case, she's like an Eishes Ish. We're not dealing with another brother, right? We're dealing with an outside guy. So we're we'll saying, listen, and she's not let to go back to her Yavim. So it's considered Znus, and she can't go back. No, she's not considered married enough to the Yavim, that if she now willingly has relations, she can't go back to him. She could go back. She wasn't never, she was considered married to him at the time. And therefore, the Znus is not going to passel her up, and she would be permitted to go back. So that's another way that... There's no question on Shmuel. And finally, Vina, I mean another way you can say there's no question on Shmuel is, but types in Be Maybe the machaikas between Rab and Shmuel is really about whether Kedushin grabs hold on a Yavama. You have a woman who's waiting for Yibum, and the Yavam walks over puts a ring on her finger. That's not the way to do Yibum, so what happened? The Rabama Rab says, Ish. No, once he made an acquisition, she's like an Ashishish. ish. Like, Tuf said, but And And I'm sorry. Not once you did it. She already is considered an HSS-ish and therefore, for like, nothing happened. You can't walk over to a married woman and tell her she's married to you, stand under a canopy and say, behold, we're married. No, that marriage didn't work. No matter what you want to think, no matter what you want to try, it doesn't work. She's already she's already a married woman. Shmuel says, "No, when a woman's in a state of yibum, she does not have the automatic status of an aishas ish, and therefore, if somebody were to put a ring on her finger, actually, even though it's forbidden, it would be a valid marriage Okay, so either way, there's no question on Shmuel. Answers says the Gemara, "But Robin Shmuel already already uh, had a." about the circumstances surrounding a yavah, uh, uh, surrounding a Yavam. So if our Mishnah will be dealing with that case and that was our... Why would we bring it up again? It answers the Gemara. No, it's not, uh, it's not like they were arguing at two different times. But because they argue in the original case, we're learning out what their opinions would be in the second case. It's not like they had two separate arguments. They argued once and based upon their uh their machlekes about about the status of a yavam, we're now taking it and extending the ramifications of their machlekes. Okay. gvaldik We are up to the Mishnah. Bezram we will pick up from here on Mati Shabbos at uh, it's gonna have to be later now. <laughs> it keeps getting later. Um, let's see, 72 is going to be around 9.35, so let's aim for 10 p.m., all right, if, I, if it's too late for some of the Hebra, we'll upload it in um, Ritz All right, get in Shabbos, everybody. Zaguzum.